Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Sweeney. I am here with my co-host, Kristen Padilla, and I must say it is good to be back. It's good to be back with all of you after our brief summertime hiatus, and it's good to be back here in the building in our podcast studio. Ever since the COVID epidemic began over a year ago, we've been recording these episodes by Zoom, so we're delighted to be back in the building, in the podcast studio, and we're marking this big day in the life of Beeson Divinity School with a very special guest, our new president, Dr. Beck Taylor. Dr. Taylor is no stranger to Samford or to Beeson or to Birmingham. Many years ago, he was the dean of the Brock School of Business here at Samford. But this month, he succeeds Dr. Westmoreland as our 19th president. So welcome, Dr. Taylor. Thank you, Dean Sweeney. It's good to be with you, especially on this day when we can return to in-person podcasts. I feel privileged. It's wonderful. And welcome back to the building, my dear colleague, Kristen Padilla. Thank you. Would you introduce our president for us and get this conversation going? Sure. As you've already said, we have Samford's 19th president with us today, and we're really honored and privileged that you would be our first guest for this new season. Um, Previously, Dr. Taylor served as president of Whitworth University. And then as um, my co-host Doug already said, he served at Samford before that as the dean of our business school here at Samford. Um, Dr. Taylor is a graduate of Purdue University and Baylor University. Go Bears. (laughs) I was going to say not in that order necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Baylor then Purdue. (laughs) And then he is married to Julie and they have three children. So I want to extend also my um, just warm gratitude and welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. It's great to be here. Well, we always like to begin learning more just Mm -hmm. about you, your roots, your story. Where did you come from? Where did you grow up? And how did you come to know the Lord? Yeah, that question of of where are you from is sometimes a trick question for me. Um, My father was in business, and so my family uh, moved around quite a bit uh, as I was growing up. So I'm never quite sure where to start that story. (laughs) But let me start here. I was born in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Uh, both of my parents uh, were graduates of Washtenaw Baptist University, which, by the way, mm-hmm. is also where Dr. Westmoreland served as president mm-hmm. before he came to Samford. Mm-hmm. I am the only son of a beauty queen and a Baptist preacher. Uh, in case you were wondering, that is the genetic material that it takes to create a Samford president. <laughs> and we could tell just by looking at you. <laughs> well, so, you know, I grew up some in Arkansas, but my father went to Southern Seminary in Louisville. And so we quickly moved to Louisville. Uh, I lived in Louisville for the first nine years of my life. And certainly those were formative years. Sadly, my parents were divorced when I was three. And so I lived with my mom exclusively until she was remarried when I was nine. At that point, we moved to Texas. And it was really in Texas where I felt feel like I grew up and were the most formative years of my life, where I became a Christian. I'll say more about that in just a moment. Uh, and then uh, from some odd set of circumstances, we ended up moving to Naples, Florida, where I went to high school. So I have some experience uh, in the Southeast. 
So I kind of grew up everywhere, and I like to say that that kind of helped me to become more interculturally competent as I, as a child, moved from school to school and from home to home and had to make new friends and things like that. Julie has a very similar story as well. So we're just used to moving around, and I think that's helped us in, in higher education. Mm-hmm. I always grew up in a home that loved the Lord, and so I cannot remember a time when I didn't know the Lord, didn't uh, feel God's presence in my life, certainly when I, where I didn't feel you know, that the people around me not only loved me, but also loved God and loved Jesus. But it wasn't until I was a almost a junior high schooler uh, when living in Houston, uh, attended a beach retreat at South Padre Island, um, was members, uh, we were members then of Second Baptist Church there in Houston. And it was then when the Lord really spoke to my heart and where I um, accepted God's grace in the Lord uh, Jesus. And and, and really, uh, since then, have just grown in my faith, uh, have had the privilege of working in faithful institutions my entire life, for the most part. And so that's a little bit about my, my background. And uh, again, i just grown up around people, uh, been with people who, who really encouraged me in my faith. Yeah. Probably only a few of our listeners will know your academic background mm-hmm. is in economics, mm-hmm. business administration. How did you get into those fields? And how has your teaching in those fields shaped you as a president? Yeah, so, you know, I went to college not quite knowing what I wanted to do when I grew up. My stepfather was a businessman, as I mentioned, and so I thought, well, I'll just start in the business school and see where this this leads me. Really fell in love with economics because it was a discipline that I was good at. I connected very quickly with my professors at Baylor, and they kept telling me that I was one of the few who was good at it. And so that, you know, I took that as a sign and pursued pursued that discipline. It was really really the relationships, I think, that I had with my undergraduate faculty members that led me down that path. And I enjoyed college life so much, and I, and I enjoyed the academy so much, I, I really asked them, what do I need to do in order to stay here? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you know, you need to go and get a PhD and join a faculty. And, and so went to graduate school at Purdue University, uh, fell even more deeply in love with my discipline of economics. Uh, really more the social science side of economics than the business side of economics, and um, then had the great privilege of returning to Baylor uh, in my first faculty appointment. But yeah, just really enjoy um, studying human behavior from the economics lens, and I count myself as much a sociologist and a psychologist and a social scientist as I do a, a business leader. A lot of us on faculties think it's pretty cool when a new president is somebody who's used to be mm-hmm. one of us, sort of yeah. come up the ranks yeah. as an academic and a teacher. Do you feel like, even though you've been a president for so long, is there a part of you deep down that's still a prof, still an academic? Absolutely. Uh, when I, when presidents daydream, when I daydream, I daydream about going back to the faculty. Mm. And so one of these days, hopefully after a long and successful career as Sanford's president, I will promote myself back to the faculty. Um, I do count myself as an academician and uh, grew up on the academic side of the house, if you, if you will. And, you know, the president's days are filled with lots of interesting things. I get to worry about facilities and I get to worry about athletics and, co-curricular life and community relations and fundraising and the like. But at its core, Sanford University is an educational institution. We are about equipping uh, women and men to uh, live lives of vocation, meaning, and service through through higher education. And so I think my time as a faculty member um, in the classroom, 
teaching, doing research, earning tenure, uh, those kinds of things I think have served me well as president. And I think I have a, a real heart for faculty members because I, I know how difficult it is to try to juggle all of the things that we ask of, of our faculty. I mentioned that previously to this position, you were at Whit Whitworth mm -hmm. University as president. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about that institution? We may have some who are unfamiliar with Whitworth. Sure. Um, and then uh, if you could sum up your presidency and some of the things <laughs> you're most proud of from your time at Whitworth, we would love to hear about that as well. Sure. Whitworth is, like Sanford, a comprehensive Christian university, about half the size of Sanford. Uh, and not nearly as comprehensive. We don't have a pharmacy school, for example. We don't have a divinity school uh, at, at Whitworth. Mm. But a uh, highly rigorous, uh, deeply faithful academic community, uh, one that I, I love and appreciate and uh, enjoyed serving um, as president. Um, so, you know, we're coming from a great place. And I've told folks that uh, only a place like Samford uh, could have pulled us away from, from a place uh, that we love so deeply, uh, like Whitworth. You know, in 11 years as president, a lot of things come to mind uh, when you start trying to characterize your legacy or, or your body of work. Uh, I worked with incredible people there, and together, uh, I'm proud to say and, and blessed to say that we kept Whitworth University centered on its Christ-centered mission, even as we elevated and embraced um, our, our culture of rigorous academics. And I think that's important to say, especially in today's world, when colleges and universities, particularly faith-based ones, are being pulled in so many different directions. Uh, working again with faculty and staff at Whitworth, uh, we were able to keep the institution centered on Jesus Christ, and, and I think that that's um, vitally important. Other initiatives and things that I was involved in that I think I'll take with me, certainly our emphasis on widening the front door of the institution to students who historically have not had access to private higher education. When I arrived at Whitworth, under 20% of our students, less than 20% of our students uh, hailed from traditionally underrepresented ethnic racial populations, socioeconomically diverse populations, first-generation college students, mm -hmm. international students, the like. When I left Whitworth, more than 50% of our incoming classes uh, were counted wow. in those categories. Mm -hmm. And again, that was an intentional effort, one that we worked hard on, um, and it was more than simply changing the composition of the institution. It was uh, surrounding and supporting those students with all of the, the supports and things that they need to be successful at a place like Whitworth. So certainly I was uh, very appreciative of those, those achievements. Uh, another one that perhaps is, would be interesting to the Beeson listeners is we worked very hard on church engagement and church relations. Mm -hmm. As a Christian university, Samford, Whitworth, we should see as part of our mission to serve the church, the body. Um, we should uh, support pastoral le leaders, ordained leaders, lay leaders in the church, congregations who are interested in growing. And so at Whitworth, we spent quite a bit of our time supporting uh, those kinds of initiatives and uh, received quite a bit of money from the Lilly Endowment and others to, to do that kind of work. And I'm really excited to partner with you all to do and to extend the important work that Beeson and Sanford are already doing in that area. That's exciting. And as you've transitioned from the presidency of Whitworth to the presidency of Sanford, a lot of the speeches you've been giving talked about both continuity mm -hmm. and change. And a lot of our listeners here are probably 
wishing, I'll ask, so what does Dr. Taylor have in mind yeah. for Sanford moving forward? Any priorities for the first year or so? Well, I think, you know, I emphasize continuity and change because, firstly, I think we need to recognize Sanford's in a really good position. Due to the work and effort of so many, and certainly the leadership of Dr. Westmoreland, I'm inheriting a healthy organization that I think is headed in the right direction. And so, in some ways, I want to tread lightly. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, what are you praying for right now? And and I halfway jokingly said, I'm praying, Lord, don't let me screw it up. You know, mm. this place is just really doing well. And and so I want to celebrate that, and I want Sanford to continue that trajectory um, of success. That's what I mean by continuity. Certainly also what I mean by continuity is that um, Sanford is a Christ-centered institution. We organize ourselves, we animate our work around uh, you know, the person and work of Jesus Christ, and that needs to stay constant and stable, even as the institution grows and changes. I like to make the point that we're preparing women and men to go into a world that's changing very quickly. And that means that as a university, sometimes we need to think about changing quickly. How are our programs, our coursework, our initiatives, how are they serving our students and our communities in relevant ways? And if that requires us to change from time to time, we need to embrace that change. So embracing both that, that continuity, that inertia, if you will, that a place that's 180 years old benefits from, but also not being afraid to, to tinker at the margins and to be entrepreneurial and innovative as, as we're led to do, to do that. Um, in my first year, I want to listen well to this community. You mentioned in the introduction that I'm uh, no stranger to Sanford. I spent five wonderful years of my professional career here at Sanford in the business school. But it would be a mistake to assume that uh, Sanford is the place I left 11 years ago. Uh, just like I hope it would be a mistake to assume I'm the same person I am, yeah. uh, uh, you know, or that I was 11 years ago. Um, so I want to listen well to the community. Uh, I want to talk with our campus leaders, our faculty, staff, students, our parents, our benefactors, um, those that benefit from the work of the institution here in Birmingham and beyond. And I want to listen to their Sanford stories. I want to understand why they are optimistic about this place and also candidly where you know those, those edges of growth and change are. And I hope that over the course of the year, I'll begin to develop my own narratives of change. Uh, that perhaps together then uh, with the, the full Samford community, we can embark on a new um, strategic plan and vision uh, that I'll help to lead and that we'll, we'll work on together. That's great. You've mentioned already Christian mission. Mm -hmm. I've heard that come up. And Doug and I know that you are supportive of the work that we're doing here at Beeson Divinity School. Mm -hmm. We're very grateful. I know that when you were dean, you took a class. I did here at Beeson. And so I would just love to know your um, perspective of um, how Beeson fits in the mission of the university and if you have any um, hopes or vision for us as, as a divinity school as it relates to your work here at Sanford. I started a Beeson degree when I was here. I only got one course into it because I was called away to, to Whitworth. But my, my one course, if I had to pick one course, I'm glad I picked Norfleet Day's course in <laughs> spiritual formation. What a wonderful mm. course that was that continues to benefit me uh, to, to this day. I'm so grateful that a place like Sanford University uh, has a school like Beeson, an interdenominational evangelical uh, school that prepares um, leaders in the church, in ministry, 
that is so central to the mission of Sanford University. And so first, I'm just so grateful that we have a place uh, like Beeson. Um, and I want to work with you, the faculty, staff, students of Beeson to continue to think about how uh, Beeson can be relevant and important in the life of those who want to come and get an education and go and serve Christ Church in, in meaningful ways. And not just the conferring of credentials and degrees, but also how we as a Sanford and Beeson community can extend the considerable resources that we have here to the church to continue to equip those who are called to work and enable the church and, and the church itself. And so I'm excited to roll up my sleeves. I, I know the dean has an ambitious plan for the school, and I, I really can't wait to partner with you to see so much of that come to, come to fruition. But as you know, Sanford has 10 colleges and schools for its size. It's an incredibly comprehensive institution. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm so grateful for the work of Beeson Divinity School and, and looking forward to working alongside both of you and others. Our listeners will enjoy getting to know your family. I've gotten to know a couple members of your family already. They're delightful people. Thank you. Could you tell us just a little bit about them, maybe especially about Julie and what she's hoping to do? Sure. Julie and I have been married for 28 years. Uh, we met at Baylor University. We were married shortly after graduation. And we are truly partners in our work. There are perhaps few people who get to see their spouse as truly a professional partner, but we get to do that. We work together. Her office in Sanford Hall is right down the, the hall from mine. Um, and we're called to this work together. Um, first and foremost, uh, she loves students. We love students. We want to be in and among those that Sanford is educating. And so what a wonderful gift it is to be able to do that together. Um, she works primarily in constituent engagement. So she'll be working on the fundraising alumni relations side of things. She's the executive director of the Sanford Legacy League and working with that organization to raise important scholarship dollars for our students. Um, but she's uh, just as thrilled to be at Sanford as I am. And I think our constituency will get to know her very quickly because she, she won't be too far away from me uh, in any one moment. So really blessed to have Julie uh, by my side in this work. We have three children. Our oldest, Zach, is a Belmont grad and uh, lives in Nashville, Tennessee and is pursuing a, a, a music recording career, somewhat successfully right now, I'm, I'm glad to say. Um, our oldest daughter, Lauren, graduated from Whitworth University uh, two years ago and is starting medical school this fall at the University of Washington. And our youngest, Chloe, is in tow. She is actually our Alabamian. She was born here in Birmingham. So she's our passport back to Sanford and to Alabama. And uh, she's 14 and will be starting high school at Vestavia Hills High School uh, this fall, and she's interested in dance and being with friends and church life and other things. And so we we live a busy, full life, and uh, we're still grateful to have Chloe at home with us. We'll be praying for Chloe, and that's a big transition. You mentioned church, and just recently you yeah. rejoined Dawson Memorial Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And I say rejoined because that is where you were a member before right. when you were here at Sanford. Yeah. Um, and now we have a Beeson alum as, serving as pastor, sure. Dr. David Eldridge. So I would love to hear just about Dawson and um, what that church means to you and your family. Yeah, so I have to back up just a, a bit. You, you've already mentioned that we were members at Dawson for, for the time we were here. And of course, Dawson and, and Sanford have, and Beeson have so many connections that we could, could talk about. 
Um, but it was about January of this year when Julie and I began to sense that the Lord might be calling us back to Samford and to Birmingham. And so we decided at that point, you know, in Zoom and COVID, you can do this now. We started worshiping, if you will, at Dawson back in January. David Eldridge, as, as you mentioned, is a Beeson alum and really kind of the face of Beeson. If you don't look too far on the billboards and advertisements and other yeah. things, Dr. Eldridge was uh, preaching on Exodus at the time. And I thought, wow, how appropriate, you know, uh, the Lord may be uh, preparing us for our, an Exodus of sorts uh, from Spokane. Of course, we were called to Sanford in March and it, it just, we didn't hesitate at all uh, to to let people know right away that we would be rejoining the Dawson family of faith. And Julie and I were very plugged in at Dawson, uh, as were our children. We taught a newly married Sunday school class for five years and uh, look forward to being involved in that, in that congregation again. We're very excited about that. Dr. Taylor, we always like to end these conversations with guests by mm -hmm. asking them what the Lord is teaching them these mm -hmm. days that mm -hmm. might be an encouragement to listeners. And as I thought about asking this question of you, it occurred to me, my goodness, this has been such a big year for you. Surely the Lord has been teaching you things, but I'm not sure you've had time to process it. <laughs> but uh, with all that said, what do you think? Anything yeah. that he's been doing in your life, showing you these days that could be encouraging to us? Absolutely. Uh, the Lord has been so faithful, so true, so gracious to our family this, this past year. It's been a year of change. Uh, and not just moving a family from Spokane to Birmingham. It's been a difficult year for all of us, especially those of us involved in ministry and churches and universities. Um, and so it's been a it's been a challenging year, and the Lord has just been so gracious and faithful to us as a family. Mm -hmm. um, that has manifested in so many ways, not least of which. Uh, uh, an important church home back in Spokane that surrounded us with love and prayer and discernment, even as we were contemplating a move. Um, but also the ways in which the Spirit has just spoken to our hearts uh, in the midst of this transition to affirm us uh, in, in this. You know, in as much as we can discern the will of God, we have felt that God is indeed calling us back here to Sanford and to Birmingham. But, but the Spirit has been incredibly gracious to affirm that in really tangible ways through relationship, through words of encouragement, through prayer, through certain things just falling in place for us. Um, it's, it's just been, it's just been uh, marvelous to see and watch and witness. It's also hard to assume a role like the president of Sanford University to follow my dear friend, Dr. Andy Westmoreland, Gina Westmoreland, to enter into this space, uh, a place with so much history and profound meaning in the lives of so many, it's hard to do any of that and not walk away with a, a real sense of humility. Um, these are big shoes to fill. And so uh, we have been relying on the Lord's grace and provision each and every morning as we wake up. Uh, first of all, to, to meet us with joy, to um, encourage us uh, to um, open doors that, that um, reveal the ways God wants us to work and move and serve in this community. And even in just the first 11 days of being president uh, at Sanford, I can count numerous ways uh, that, that that has happened. I think the last thing I would just say uh, is, you know, 
Having been a university president for 11 years, I can say with some degree of confidence that, um, you know, I, I, I've been around the block a few times. I, I understand this job for the most part. I understand what it takes to lead a, a complex organization, certainly a, a place like Samford. But um, there's a big difference between knowing how to do a job and putting your heart and soul into a job. And each and every morning I've been praying that God would give me a new love for this place, a new calling, if you will, even on a daily basis to love and serve this place with all of my heart and all of my soul. Not just simply to go through the, the motions of being president, but really to serve this place with all of myself, all of my being, all of my spirit, my love, my passion. And um, the God, my God uh, has, has met me there um, in, in so many uh, wonderful ways. And so I hope that's an encouragement. Uh, it's been an encouragement to us. Well, that's an encouragement yeah. to me for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our listeners, you have been listening to our new president, Dr. Beck Taylor. He will serve as a successor to Dr. Westmoreland as the 19th president of Samford. As you can tell by the way he concluded this interview, he's a man of faith, a man of God. Can't tell you how excited I am personally, and we are at Beeson, to welcome him uh, as our president and to serve alongside with him to the glory of God. Thanks for being with us. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes.